Blake, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on here today. I appreciate you setting this up, Sean. It's nice to be here. Absolutely. So I hear you're another fellow hockey guy. You grew up in Illinois and you have since moved to Kansas City and you are... Tell us a little bit about how you got involved in real estate and what you guys have been up to recently. It sounds like you have a business partner there in Kansas City. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like, a, I guess, a unique story with how we got into real estate. My current business partner, his name is Cooper. Um, him and I, we actually started buying and selling uh, luxury watches um, and luxury timepieces back in school when we attended the University of Kansas. And that was something we kind of took on as like a, you know, like a side hustle. Um, we took it a little bit more seriously than a side hustle. You know, we saw a lot of opportunity with, you know, flipping watches and the connections that were, you know, possible to make within, you know, that industry. So, you know, we just kind of did watch deals throughout school. And then by the time it came to graduating, we decided, you know, this is something that we were going to go ahead and do full time. Um, just kind of take that entrepreneurial route. And, you know, not, neither of us really wanted to get into the, the corporate realm. And the, the watch business that we had started is actually, you know, what got us into real estate. Because one of our clients that we had been selling watches to was, he was in real estate and he wasn't too much older than us. And so I was kind of curious how he was buying such expensive, um, you know, jewelry. And, yeah. you know, so I kind of asked him, you know, what he was up to and what he was doing. And he was very open about, you know, what he was doing with real estate. And he kind of, he brought up wholesale real estate. And at that time I had never, like I had heard of it, but I didn't know what it was. And, you know, I had always been interested in real estate just in general, um, but I didn't know how to get into it really. I thought you had to be an agent, get licensed and do that. So when he brought up wholesale, I kind of did some, you know, my own research uh, kind of under the table while we were still, you know, building and and doing our watch business. I was just kind of, you know, looking into that and and found a lot of um, similarities between the deals that we were doing with, you know, buying and selling watches and the opportunities within wholesale real estate with obviously some, you know, higher margins. And, and, and I just, you know, in doing my research, I found that, you know, wholesale was perfect for us with the skills that we had kind of cultivated with, you know, buying and selling watches and doing those deals for the, you know, the years that we did that in school. But, you know, long story short, you know, that's, you know, that's how we got into, you know, real estate. Right. You understand negotiation, you understand yes. value, pricing, yeah, you know, same, where you need yeah, to be. Yeah, same principles, same skills, you know, pretty much staying consistent, making tons of calls, um, getting lots of rejections, um, negotiating, like you said, and, you know, valuing assets and being able to get them, you know, at a deal and be able to, you know, move them for a profit, essentially. Sure, sure. And what made you, I mean, you, you said you had maybe a mentor or someone that you were doing business with that kind of gave you that push. Is there a certain community or a certain book you read, maybe someone's YouTube content that really pushed you to learn the real estate game or yeah. you know, gave you the information you were looking yeah, for? Yeah, so I, a lot of the research I did, I, I just kind of, I got into the rabbit hole of YouTube University and, you know, I, you know, all the free content I could. A lot of that actually came from Jerry Norton. Um, when I originally started, you know, a lot of his content I found very helpful and I had actually reached out to the person that, you know, brought it up and I let him know, you know, this is actually something, you know, the watch business we were taking seriously, but I was like, you know, this is something that I could see us doing well with and something that I wanted to learn more about. So I just explained that to him and, and, you know, before reaching back out to him, I did do enough diligence and research so that I had 
you know, the understanding of, you know, conceptually how deals were done with wholesale. So that I was prepared for, you know, potentially setting up an opportunity to learn directly from someone that was actively doing it, especially in our market. Um, and it just so happened that at that time that I reached out, he had started a new wholesale business with, um, he had partnered with someone and they were starting their own business. Um, so they needed someone to kind of be more in the day-to-day -day stuff and doing all the dirty work while we were just kind of looking to get experience and learn. And so I was willing to offer, you know, as much value as I could with free work to just get some of the experience. But yeah, I would say just free content from YouTube and then getting some knowledge from someone that was actively doing it. So, but, you, so you got your first deal from with, with that partner that you initially started with? Yeah, so yeah, Cooper with the, so him and I were together in the watch business and we transitioned into real estate together um, to clarify that um, our first deal was actually everything that we did, we tried to keep low cost, but our first deal was someone I had called from a for sale by owner listing on Zillow. Okay. And you don't hear about that too often, but like, yeah. I mean, we got a couple deals doing that just cause you know, we were constantly grinding every day. And to be yeah. honest with you, it took, you know, I mean, it took several months before we had anything real estate related close and profited. And like, we didn't make a dollar for months with like right. daily, daily grind, um, but we still had the watch business going. So yeah. Are you guys still selling watches or have you, transition completely to real estate. I mean, you probably learned a lot about the watch business. Yeah, we uh, did. And I, and that's what's funny is I didn't really know much about watches until I got into doing it as a business. And then yeah. I started learning about the history and the mechanics and um, all that. And, you know, it's a very intriguing industry and, and just like, you know, jewelry itself, like is, is kind of something I like now that I've gone into, you know, watches, but you know, we, we did make that transition from doing the watch deals to real estate full time and like we're, we're entirely transitioned into real estate now and the watches are something that we just kind of buy more is just like, you know, a, a passion, just our you own see an opportunity maybe. Yeah. yeah just yeah. our own, like we, we're just building our own collection of watches more of like a, you know, passive investment vehicle and just like having, you know, something that we can wear whenever. Um, but we do still have people that, you know, reach out. Cause like the, that whole industry, I mean, it's, it's hard to get into, it's hard to stay in, um, but it's entirely built on reputation, everything. Yeah. Because, you know, you're, yeah. you're wiring people all this money. It's, you don't have, you know, a title company. There's no, like there's escrow companies you could use, but you know, the secondary watch market is all just, you know, reputation. And so we- Word of mouth, a, these guys are, you know, these guys through. followed through. Yeah, exactly. So we built a very serious reputation within the industry um, in, you know, and, and that definitely helped us in transitioning to real estate um, and keeping that mindset and those values. But we still have people reach out about watches. And so we'll broker deals. I'm not going to go sure. out and look for deals and, you know, hold inventory with watches. But like, if I know of someone that's looking for a particular piece, I'm more than happy to help them get that. Um, whether I make something on that or not, like, I don't really care at this point because we're entirely you, focused. You on got that. the knowledge. Yeah, you got, you might as well at a certain yeah. point. I got a good buddy down in Costa Rica that I've had, I've gone down the rabbit hole with, you know, well, how do I know if it's a good watch? How do I know if it's a real watch? Yeah. You know, I, I, I went down and, and really got to, got to the facts of the watch business and I was kind of blown away actually. It was, it was really interesting to, to hear about. So yeah. fast forward to today, what does your operation look like this year? It sounds like you're doing some wholesale. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like you're doing some, some fix and flip and, and buy and hold projects. Can you maybe explain yeah. a little bit the volume or you know yeah, what so, you're really looking for or where you're doing it? 
Yeah, at this point, so we're, we're very focused in the Kansas City market. And at this point, we have been doing real estate full time now for a little over two years. Um, the first year was entirely wholesale just to kind of learn more about the industry and make the right connections that we needed to and just, you know, kind of get that get that going um, and, and build a good foundation of, you know, finding good deals, evaluating them. And, you know, this last year we've started to get into fix and flips and buy and holds. And now we're at a point where we do, you know, and, and consistency is something that we continue to work on, but we're, we're averaging anywhere from four to eight deals a month currently consisting of wholesale fix and flip and buy and hold. And like I said, all of awesome. that currently is in Kansas city, but that's, you know, kind of where we're currently at. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's pretty cool for just in one area that you have uh, have that many opportunities. So I, I excited, I'm excited to see when you guys expand to different areas, if you, you do so, uh, mm -hmm. how many opportunities will come your guys way. Yeah. So can you tell me about is, has there, and as you go and get on to real estate and has there been any sort of a learning moment, maybe something that didn't go as planned or that, you know, you, maybe you made a mistake. Usually everyone has one of these stories. I like to just share them because yeah, uh, it helps other people learn. Yeah, I mean, I mean, in any in any industry, especially real estate, you know, you're going to go through a ton of ups and downs on a consistent basis. Um, and we have experienced many of those, you know, up and down cycles, lots of mistakes and sure. lots of things to learn from. Um, but look, you know, thinking about it right now and just looking back to the very beginning, one of the things that, you know, happened that I can specifically think of right now was you know, I had gotten a, a really good deal under contract and we had the intention of obviously wholesaling that deal. And we had, you know, several buyers that were interested. Um, obviously we took the highest and best offer, but I think the lesson that we learned from that was vetting the buyer, regardless of, you know, highest and best, highest and best. Cause what ended up happening with that particular deal, that buyer um, turned out to be a wholesaler and, you know, they were very reluctant to put up the earnest money. Mm -hmm. They were very reluctant to keep things moving. And by the time it got to closing, um, you know, they were asking for extensions. They were trying to get um, more inspections and access to the property. And it was, we had a 30 K spread on that one for us was, I mean, huge and life changing yeah. at that time. This was one of our first deals that we had fully lined up yeah. and it ended up in falling out entirely. It completely fell through. We lost the deal. The seller ended up working a deal out with a different wholesaling company. They sold it. Everything, you know, just kind of fell out and went the other way. But, you know, some of the things that I took, like I can take away from that experience are, you know, doing your diligence and vetting buyers. Now I can take that same lesson and utilize it for contractors. Um, mm -hmm. you know, doing your diligence and vetting contractors as we get into, you know, fixing, and flipping and, and buying and holding because we dealt with a lot of issues. I guess another, you know, specific instance I can think of relating to that nice. is, you know, we had a contractor referral that, you know, we hadn't specifically used, but we had heard about and we were, you know, just terms worked out or terms seemed to be something that we were willing to work out with that, you know, contractor. And we put, you know, like, I think it was four projects with them at one specific time. And, that was one of the riskiest things that we had really done with somebody that we hadn't done business with yet. And right. that for us was a really big eye opener because it could have, it could have just sunk our entire operation with our lending connections, our, our own financial situation. So really doing diligence and vetting the people that you're, you know, doing business with and, and getting into um, certain situations with.
but yeah, I mean, those are some things that kind of come to the top of my head. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. And it's definitely, definitely good to look into, you know, the, the sort of business people have done before and this t- the type of work that they're able to do in a certain timeline. So that's a great lesson to think about. Now, can you give us more of the mechanics of that deal? You know, some people getting into wholesale may be like, well, what do you mean the, the buyer didn't perform or the, mm-hmm. the next wholesaler wasn't able to perform in time? Can you kind of explain the timeline and what happened there and why the seller was able to get out of that contract completely? Yeah. And that that's definitely, that in itself is a huge learning lesson for us as well. At this point, like if we have a situation like that occur, we have ways to, you know, prevent a situation like that from occurring. At that point, you know, we were very early on in what we were doing and we didn't really know any better. So we just kind of let like the deal just kind of unfolded. But to specify more of the mechanics of that, we had it locked up with our purchase and sale agreement and we had it assigned to what we thought was an end buyer. When that end buyer didn't perform and the seller, you know, the seller ended up not wanting to extend with us. So like, like we fell out of contract with the seller. We weren't able to, you know, maintain that relationship and keep the deal going. But now when we get into a situation like that, or, you know, for instance, with our purchase sale agreements, now we have, you know, the right to place an affidavit of equitable interest, which is different from that scenario because the buyer defaulted. But let's say a seller is trying to back out of a deal or default on, you know, the purchase sale agreement that we had um, agreed to. We then have the right to, you know, have some sort of legal remedy to maintain our interest in that deal, which is something we had no idea about. And now we have a different process for vetting our buyers and making sure that, you know, they're actually buying properties and that they've done good business, good business with other people um, within, you know, our market. So, yeah, you know, those, if that answers kind of your question. No, yeah, no, absolutely. I appreciate you going to the mechanics on that a little bit further. So. Going forward, are you guys just going to continue to this three-prong approach? Are you going to really look for opportunities to fix and flip deals or fix and hold deals? Mm-hmm. What is your guys' strategy going forward, if, if yeah. you don't mind me asking? Yeah, so moving forward, I th- um, you know, our main goal is to kind of build our portfolio, um, which is what we started doing this year. And, you know, that portfolio currently consists of single family and multifamily residential properties and everything that we do is long term rental um, just for the stability. But, you know, moving forward, I want to kind of get into. So obviously the wholesale, the fix and flip and buy and hold aspects of our real estate business are all three completely different businesses in their own, of course. their own different you know operations, management and mechanics. And, you know, currently. Cooper and I are both very involved with the day-to-day activities in each of them. And, you know, we have certain things delegated and, you know, certain things hired out. But, you know, I think moving forward, getting to a point where we've been able to optimize our systems a little bit better to delegate more of the day-to-day operations so that we can kind of focus on, you know, building our portfolio. And ultimately what we want to do is kind of get into vertically integrating other businesses within this industry. So having our own, you know, roofing company, Cree and foundation company, having like either it. equity or ownership of, you know, title, a title company is something that we're, we're definitely interested in. And then demo and junk is another company. So those are, those are different companies that we want to have the time and capacity to focus on so that we can vertically integrate those with our current real estate ventures. 
And yeah, I think ultimately just, you know, building our portfolio of, of rentals is definitely a long-term goal of ours as well. I like that. I like that. As you, as you master one skill, you, you find another to master and, you know, hopefully outsource and have other people help you work on. So I can yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. And I think that all kind of like comes with, you know, personal development and really, um, you know, stepping out of just, you know, okay, so I can, you know, I'm good at marketing and sales and stuff like that, but now I'm working on becoming a better leader and manager and, you know, and, and just enhancing those skills to, you know, become more of a business owner, you know, rather than just the operator. Right, right. Yeah, I, I can, I can respect that. The, with the, the Robert Kiyosaki's of the world and, and how they teach you to, you know, continue to develop from someone that is an employee to self-employed to actually owning a business that is can run it's an admirable thing when people go after and try and, and and achieve that because of how challenging or all the challenges that come along the road as you as you try and scale that but mm-hmm. one more thing before we, uh, we wrap up here yeah. is there is there a book you know podcast Something that if someone was looking to get into real estate, brand new, fresh into wholesaling, fix and flipping or buy and hold, what would be that one resource that you would lead them towards? Yeah. And and the first thing that comes to my mind outside of, you know, just real estate, but more just, you know, business and lifestyle in general, something that really improved my, um, you know, thinking and and ability to just do business really is uh, the podcast by Andy Frisella, MF CEO. I don't know if you've heard of that one. I've not, but I'm going to give it a chance. It yeah, it's, it's definitely, you know, something that, you know, changed the way I think about business and, you know, helped me put together the core values that we use to this day with our business and, and just, you know, more of like a, you know, a lifestyle change to, you know, better your personal life, your business life, you know, relationships. Like that's like really what comes to my mind when, you know, I think of a resource that's free that, you know, I've utilized and, and still, um, you know, benefit from. And as far as, you know, books with real estate or just, you know, business in general. And I, I and that's another thing. So that, that, that podcast actually led me into, you know, I went from, you know, never touching a book, not even thinking about it to reading every single day, no matter what. Um, so I mean, both just a couple of dumb hockey guys, you know, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And and honestly, I was going to ask like, you know, from your perspective, how do you think, you know, growing up playing sports, um, and, and, you know, specifically a a physically demanding sport and and mentally tough sport like hockey, um, you know, how do you think that impacted, you know, um, your life and and where you're currently at and, and how that translates, um, with your life and business? Oh man, it's absolutely huge because what I got from spending 25 years in hockey, you can never take away from me because I realize how long a skill takes to actually develop to its full potential, Yeah, you know, and how much it takes to be at like the top of the the top of your game or your top of your skill or your business in any field because man, it's some people just want to come in after a year, two years, three years and be the best and you have to be patient with, your, with yourself and that's what sports taught me. You got to be really patient because yeah, patient you need time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, well, yeah. where can people reach you if uh, they're looking to get a hold of you? Maybe out in Kansas city. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean the easiest place to reach me is either going to be Facebook or Instagram at Blake Preeb on either one of those. Um, Cooper and I have a, an Instagram that we, used together for, you know, more of our business ventures. It's bc.holdings. 
And uh, that was actually, it was formerly known as BC Timekeeper for our watch business. So like, it's just a full feed of like watches, but we're transitioning Mm -hmm. that now into, you know, more of our current projects with real estate and other business related um, aspects. So I would say those are the easiest places to, to reach me. And then, you know, even outside of Kansas city, you know, we're looking to do things in Florida and and Colorado in Florida, more specifically kind of central Florida, Tampa area, or, you know, Mm -hmm. certain locations in South Florida. Um, and then in Colorado, we're looking to do business in um, Denver and Colorado Springs. So, you know, I mean, really just, you know, any, any one of those places, we're always looking to, you know, connect with other, um, you know, like-minded individuals. And we're just looking to make long-term relationships and friendships. Um, we're always looking for, you know, private money lenders. We've been able to provide, you know, we've got a, a good track record of, um, you know, doing, doing good deals with some of our current private money lenders. And just buyers in, in either of those places, I'd be happy to connect with. And, you know, some of the value that I can probably bring to, you know, anyone that wants to maybe link up, it's just, you know, we're really good at sourcing good deals for our investors. You know, that's what we started with. That's, you know, what we continue to do. Um, and then, you know, any way I can help with maybe talking to sellers, um, negotiating, locking up deals, like that's, you know, another value that I can maybe add to someone that's either getting into wholesale or real estate or just, you know, need some support there. So. Yeah. Well, I always run, love running into a fellow athlete that is so entrepreneurial like yourself. So I appreciate the value you provided here today. And I hope we can do it again sometime soon here. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you having me. And yeah, likewise. Thanks, Lake.